Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today we have a very special med student guest with us to talk about their journey to med school and all things related. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey everyone, my name is Alex. I'm a second year uh, medical student at Dalhousie and I was born and raised in Halifax. Cool. Awesome. Um, so yeah, we have a list of questions for you today, but I think we're just going to start out with like classic, uh, like, were you always interested in medicine? What led you to it? That kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I will say medicine was probably something that was in the back of my head for a long time growing up. Um, I honestly really wanted to be a marine biologist for a long time, like that classic dolphin infatuation. <laughs> um, but... Um, when I was in high school, I did the, um, there was a volunteer program at the hospital, and I just really liked being in that environment, so that kind of pointed me towards healthcare in general, and my mom was a nurse, so I just kind nice. of envisioned myself yeah. in that sort of role. It was just kind of a matter of, like, what, what exactly would I do in healthcare, and then it just kind of narrowed down from there for me. Awesome. Um, so starting at Dal, uh, first of all, like what was your undergrad major and what kind of things did you do like in your undergrad to prepare for medicine? Yeah, um, so my major was neuroscience, um, which I really enjoyed. I also did a minor in health studies, which was awesome because I got to take kind of a bunch of different courses related to health, which was pretty different from my like cell biology and other sort of yep. courses mm -hmm. in neuroscience, so um, that was really good. Um, and some of the other things I guess I was involved with, um, I obviously kind of had healthcare in mind, so I was doing some volunteering and things like that. Um, I volunteered at the cancer care center at the hospital, which was like really enriching for me, um, getting to meet like the patients and their families, especially because a lot of the patients with their like chemo or radiation would be on like a weekly or like a monthly schedule, so it's, it was usually the same people, and I would just like make them coffee and tea. So it was nice. pretty pretty nice, and um, like I would like steal cookies from different parts of the hospital for certain <laughs> patients because they discontinued some of the cookies halfway through, and everyone was really jarred. Um, but I also really liked um, uh, like teaching. I was a TA. Um, so that was awesome, and um, I love clubs. So I was involved with the Science Society um, quite a bit from my first year kind of onwards, and um, I was president in my um, third and fourth year. So that was probably the biggest uh, accomplishment I think I had when I was in undergrad. Awesome. So what kind of made you decide to do a neuro major rather than like med sci or the traditional, just whatever other med students probably would do? Yeah, yeah, I would say like there weren't a crazy amount of people in neuroscience who were pursuing medicine. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them were in that, in the med side program, like you mentioned. Yep. Honestly, I went to the kind of orientation at Dal in grade 12, and they had like um, one of the biggest rooms in the Commerce Building opened up, and Julie Jordan gave a presentation about med side, <laughs> and it just like the vibe wasn't for me. Like it just mm -hmm. kind of I had this feeling it would be a little bit more competitive yep. no, and sure. she mentioned there would be um, like more required courses than a lot of the other programs and that just like didn't seem like it aligned with me because I what I've come to learn about myself is I really value flexibility mm -hmm. and so that was kind of the first sign of that is like I don't want to be told nine out of the ten courses I'm gonna take this year like more like seven is reasonable um, so then I had also scheduled myself to go to the psychology and neuroscience uh, session, and they did a demonstration, the human-human interface, if you guys took first-year psychology. So essentially there's like a machine, one person has like detectors on them, and then the other person has like oh, yeah. stimulators. So one person, when they flex their arm, the person that they're connected to, their arm kind of twitches, and I was just like, that is cool. <laughs> so that's what I did. And nice. I didn't really look back. <laughs> just kind of committed. I have a quick question about neuro, just mm -hmm. in general. Um, so with MedSci, one of the big downfalls is that if you don't go into a professional program, then you're kind of screwed because 
you're not able to get any sort of job otherwise. Mm -hmm. Did you find that n the neuro students that you were around were able to, if not going into like a professional program, find other occupations? That's a good question. Um, honestly, most of the people that I know did go on to do further schooling, whether it was grad school or otherwise. But I do think that it kind of um, emphasizes the importance of doing honors because I think honors gives you a, sense, a set of transferable skills that could set you up for, you know, a, a starting job, whether it's in research or just kind of thinking inquisitively, but also like leadership, like designing your own project and doing it out and finishing it is something a lot of students don't have the experience of doing. So I think whether you're in MedSci or in, in Neuro, that's like something that's probably the most valuable, especially for people who maybe start to think, you know, I'm in third year, I don't really think I want to be a dentist, I don't really want to do physio, like, what am I going to do? I would just emphasize so much, like, please do honors, because, like, <laughs> you will actually have something concrete to show in terms of your skills, rather than, like, a report card of classes you've probably forgot a lot of the content of. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Which lab did you do your honors in? Um, I did my honors, it's actually kind of interesting. I was co-supervised by Dr. Derek Fisher at the Mount, who runs like an EEG lab, Mount St. Vincent. Yeah. And then um, I think the lab title is like the Early Environment and Adult Resiliency Lab uh, okay. in Neuro, Dr. Tara Perot's lab. So um, I did like hormone measurements and saliva in uh, Tara's lab, and then was able to like analyze EEG data related to the, the same participants in uh, Dr. Fisher's lab, and so that's what I did. It was cool. That's awesome. Um, and did you, like, were you involved in research earlier on in your undergrad, like in the summers and stuff, or was it just for your honors? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, kind of going into undergrad, I, like, knew I wanted to do research. I really, I did IB, and there was, like, probably a good mm -hmm. emphasis oh, on I know, trauma. Um, uh, there's a big emphasis on like, you know, in a lot of the classes you do these like projects that are like mini research projects. Yeah. And so like I knew I wanted to do that. And like I was still thinking about medicine at the time. So a lot of, you know, the vloggers online are like do research. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna like get in the lab. And so that's what I did. Um, so I was involved with Dr. Pro's lab. Like um, I think I started volunteering in first year, but like I don't want that to sound discouraging to other people, you don't need to do that. Um, but there was that benefit of having, you know, a longer term relationship, building that trust over time to get more responsibility. And research papers take a really long time to come out. So if you're there early and you just like do a little bit of work, maybe by the time you're actually done, then something will come out um, that you were involved with like just in the beginning. So that's the benefit of that. Awesome. awesome. Um, in terms of like your neuro, major and stuff, do you find that the courses that you took prepared you for writing the MCAT and like med school in general? Yeah, I do feel like um, my neuro degree prepared me well, um, definitely for the MCAT to start. I mean, um, we're not required to take some of the core courses that prepares you for the MCAT, so you're not required to take any organic chemistry, but you can take it, like you have the room in your schedule, mm -hmm. and then you can take uh, biochemistry as one of your like optional second year courses. I didn't take biochem, but I did take one semester of ochem. Uh, I didn't do very well, but um, I feel like with neuro you're interpreting like graphs a lot and you're introduced to a lot of the um, biology that is tested on the MCAT yeah. and you still take you know first year chem and things like that so you're prepared for that section as well so I felt like it was it was nice I got to pick and choose like I wasn't forced to do those courses that would like wreck my GPA but I still mm -hmm. felt like I had enough um, I will say I think if I had waited to take it after my third year I took my MCAT after my second year I feel like if I waited until after my third year I actually would have done a lot better but I wanted to get it out of the way so you know how come, like, you thought you might have done better just because you've learned more stuff, or? Like, I honestly feel like I was smarter. Like, <laughs> like I yeah. just, I feel like I was looking at, like, at the time, like, I took the MCAT pre-COVID, so I think it was a little bit different than it is now, unless they've, like, restored all the changes that they've made. 
but there were a pretty good amount of like, you don't really need to know the background information, it's like interpreting graphs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And as much as I had some of that in third year, I was taking a bunch of lab courses and things like that. So um, we, I just feel like I was looking at the graphs and was just kind of going off vibes and just like <laughs> picking the answer rather than actually being like, oh, like, this axis didn't change, like this one did, so that means that like yeah. this has an effect and this one does, you know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like that, so. Um, and just like a lot of the courses, even though it was a lot of lab stuff, like even more emphasized MCAT concepts, mm -hmm. so it probably just would have been a little bit easier. Did you use any sort of like prep course or any supplemental information to prep for your MCAT? Um, I didn't take any like Princeton Review or like Prep 101 formal courses. Um, I did the Exam Crackers books. And then that I did, they had a CARS book for that as well. All the AAMC practice tests and question banks. That's like, you can only buy one thing, buy the AAMC stuff. And um, floating around on Reddit, there's like a Khan Academy yeah. psych, yeah. psych thing. I think there's like a 300 page version, 100 page and like 80 or something. And like I had done a lot of psych in my degree, so I wasn't like super worried about it. But there's a lot of terms that are like super similar, like group think is very similar to like other terms. Yeah. And you really have to tease it out. So um, don't underestimate psych, but the MCAC uh, and exam crackers books are very good for psych, so no, I sought that right. out, and I mean, it was enough, <laughs> so. Yeah, but it was for a lot of the books, no offense to the other books, but yeah, psych is not well prepared. No. Like, even like Kaplan doesn't do well. Mm -hmm. um. Um, so you only did your MCAT once, mm -hmm. um, and did you, like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, so the, this was like my question that I put down, but like we got a lot of questions from our Instagram about like how would you do for like we don't want to ask you your score specifically, mm -hmm. but Dal has like their cutoff system where based on your GPA you're allowed to have a little bit of like if your GPA is higher, your cutoff is lower for the MCAT. Mm -hmm. How confident were you with your score that you're like, okay, I'm really happy? Like I could have done better, as you said, mm -hmm. but I'm happy with this based on my GPA. Like, how'd you feel? Yeah, I mean, I don't even think at the when I was actually writing my MCAT, I don't think Dal actually had that policy like oh, of like dropping it. Like, I think it's, you know, if you have a 4.0, it's, like, in the 490s that you need, something oh, like that. Yeah. Um, like, or, like, high, like, yeah. 498 or something like yeah. that. I I don't want to, you know, speak flippantly about it. Um, I haven't looked at the admissions requirements in a while. Um, it's, been, it's been a minute. Um, but, um, what was the question? Oh, I, I, um, I scored, like, one point below what I wanted to. Oh, and I didn't nice. have, like based on my practice tests, it wasn't like unreasonable, but like the MCAT to me, especially where like I'm a Nova Scotia resident, I knew Dal was my best chance. Yep. And just kind of, um, and like Ontario schools were kind of the other ones that I was sort of interested in. The MCAT isn't like, it's not like you're applying to McGill out of province where you need like a 522 or something like that, like something crazy. There's only taking 10 people. Like for me, I just kind of viewed the MCAT as something I needed to get done. And I, I will, you know, give the disclaimer that, like, I do test well. So, like, I knew that it was just something I had to study for and I had to do it. And, um, like, I feel like I got a pretty, pretty, re like, average score between my classmates. Nothing, like, crazy um, high or anything. And it's really, like, the amount that you put in is what you're going to get out. Yeah. So, um, it sucked studying for it over the summer. I was, like, working, too, and it was, like, you know not great but it was fine the one thing for me though is that um, I got the same score in um, physics cars and psych and soch that I was happy with and then I got a 125 in bio and biochem or whatever the yeah. life sciences one is which I was like shocked but it's because I like ignored biochemistry <laughs> um, basically like I knew the amino acids but like besides that I like didn't know um, as much as I think I needed to. Um, so like I couldn't apply to Western out of province because of that. So that's like, that was like the one thing that made me think like, oh, maybe they're gonna think I'm not, I'm not like strong enough in this area or whatever. But like, I honestly don't think they're analyzing your score that much. Like it's the overall, it's the overall one. But like, you know, 125 is kind of like the, you know, the minimum of where you wanna be mm -hmm. at. So I was just like, dang. But I just like 
thought about it for like a day and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. And it was fine. So yeah. Was cars something that just kind of came naturally to you? It was hard in the beginning, but I watched like some YouTube videos and they really emphasize like, like what is the author actually trying to say? Like, what are they arguing? And then when I figured that out, I was like, oh, okay. Like just, there would usually be one sentence where you could like highlight. It's like, this is what they're trying to say. This is the main idea. And then after that, I was, it was usually pretty, pretty straightforward to figure out the rest of the, at least some of them. any, I would, and when I was lazy, I would do Cars passages. So it's like, if I didn't want to study, I would do Cars passages, because like, it's just, I don't know. It was like lower yeah. brain power, I guess. And so maybe like that made me a little bit better, because like I was lazy all the time. So I was like doing a lot of Cars passages. But um, that book from Exam Crackers was really nice, because like it just, it had like 10 practice tests in it, but you could just like go in and do like one passage or whatever, and it was, it was good. So, um, so after you wrote your MCAT and everything, in terms of like applying, how many times did you apply and like where did you apply to? Yeah, um, I applied one. Uh, actually, no, that's a lot. I applied twice. Um, I applied like in third year to some of the Ontario schools. Yeah. I will say I didn't really like. Um, my application wasn't very good. Like my essays weren't good. It was pretty last minute. And like looking back on how I wrote some of my activity descriptions and stuff like that. I wasn't, I don't think I like took it that seriously because I knew I had another year, but like I didn't get any interviews or anything like that. Like uh, it was to be expected. <laughs> um, and then in fourth year, I applied to um, Dow, I applied to Queens, Toronto, McMaster. I think that's it. Yeah, that's all I applied to. Um, no, I no, because I didn't have uh, Ottawa, at least at the time, you needed to have either like two OCHEM or OCHEM oh, and BioCHEM. Yeah, yeah, so I didn't yeah. have that, yeah, so yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't oh, apply okay. there. Yeah. Um, do you think that there's a point in applying, like, like you said, in your third year when you haven't finished your undergrad yet? Or like, I mean, I guess it was practice for like applying, but it was, you know it was interesting to like have, um, to like get familiar with the systems and stuff like that. But I feel like like I wrote my MCAT, I think it was like around the 15th of August or something. Yeah. I didn't have my score back for a month. And then like, I don't know, like third year was starting and everything was just like, you know when like things just feel like they're in like hyperspeed, like there's just like so much <laughs> going on and it's like, oh my God. And so I was just like, I was just giving it a go. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, like, and like I knew like my cars wasn't crazy good for McMaster or anything like that, but I was still like throwing throwing in a chance there. Um, it was a good experience, but like probably not worth the money unless you really feel like, um, like your application's like at a really good place. I just feel like I didn't think that hard about it. I just like went for it, but mm-hmm. like probably should have put more time and effort into that. <laughs> um, in terms of like application, like questions. So like, how is the whole thing kind of laid out? Like, I know that there's like you, like it opens and you put in some information and then later you have to fill out like other stuff, like all the stuff you did and like, write your things like so how does that whole thing kind of work like yeah like for Dow and Ontario it's a little bit different so Ontario like everything releases at the same time and like you just kind of slowly pick away at it it's not like certain sections are becoming open to you at a certain time um and then Dow yeah it's kind of weird like I think at some point in July July 30 July 31st I think is when the part one is due yeah so it's literally like your contact information and like where you're from and stuff and then, like, if you don't fill that out, like, bye-bye, Dal. Like, yeah. So um, you really need to keep an eye on those um, dates and stuff. And you, like, pay your um, application fee. Yep. And then, like, the next day or whatever after the deadline, the part two becomes open. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I think you can request transcripts at that point. You can um, uh, fill in more detailed information about yourself. And then at the time, I had, like, one essay I had to write, but I think now it's four mini essays or three mini essays that are a bit more guided, like mm-hmm. more specific. Um, so that was, um, like the prompt for that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, filling in your MCAT score, all your attempts, things like that. Did you find that that stuff like took you a really long time? Like how much time would you say you have to like set aside for all that kind of stuff? I think the biggest thing that people don't 
realize like if you're not actually keeping track of your activities throughout undergrad like to actually go back and be like okay I have this volunteer position like at this clinic but like how many shifts did I actually go to Mm -hmm. like you know you miss some weeks because of exams or you're sick or there's a snow day and I don't know for me I just wanted the hours to be accurate Mm -hmm. so like just really like when did I start this like if you don't actually have all that in a document then you have to go back and like find all those things and you may actually forget things that you did which is sucky and then you may just realize like two days after you submitted you're like oh I never put that like one you know society position I had in first year like dude like that sucked (laughs) so I think that aspect of it like filling in your activities so like not writing the essay not putting in your MCAT score I actually feel like that takes the longest and you're writing like a little description for seven times four categories so 28 activities if you were filling every single box so when you started how many hours you did who is your contact person who's going to verify it um what did you actually do and like are there any activities you want to meld together like some people if they're on a society for however many years and they have different positions they may choose to meld that into one um descriptor like one entry i suppose or vice versa you may want to split it up if that benefits you so you're kind of making all those decisions i think that all takes time uh my biggest i think piece of advice would just be like pick away at it Mm -hmm. Um, don't be like oh I'm gonna do it like all this weekend like this Mm -hmm. way too ambitious and I'm like someone who can't like I don't really like to I know I said before I committed but like I don't really like to commit (laughs) so like it's not like I could just write it and then like not look at it again like I needed to be like constantly thinking about how I could like make it better Mm -hmm. so I think starting early and having a super early draft is always good would you say that there's like a a way to write your descriptions of your activities that makes them like more appealing or like seem better like is there like a method to that that you would suggest or yeah like I definitely I've tried to like edit some people's applications like for them just like help out people I know and things like that and like I think definitely you don't want to be too casual like I read one guy's application he was talking about a volunteer position as if he was like talking to his best friend and I was like bro, like, this is, like, not, this is not what we're, we're trying to do here. I think it's called, like, the STAR method, something like that. I can't remember, like, what each letter stands for, but I think the biggest thing is love using numbers when you can. Like, I increased the Instagram following from 200 to 1,000. Like, always flex, you know, just, like, as an example. Like, I, I was the marketing person for the Science Society at one point, and I was like, I want to get to this many followers. So that's something that I focused on I wanted to flex that and the biggest thing like you know here's what I did but what was the impact of it and what did I learn okay. so I think that's like the biggest that was oh, like okay. the the main thing that I did like oh I made tea and stuff at the um, cancer care center to increase comfort for the patients and their families and give them support or you know just off the top of my head and then like I learned about you know the struggles of going through chemotherapy and I helped like develop my own empathy or something you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. just kind of like here's the fact but like what was the impact on other people and on myself and do you know if they check all of your references what I found was that like your probably your most like impressive things they're gonna email so like I had a job um and in December of uh, so this was after the interviews for Dal. She emailed me and was like, they contacted me to verify. And I was like, ah! <laughs> I was so excited. I don't, I, it doesn't mean anything because I think they do it for everyone. But I was like, it just felt like something so concrete. Yeah. So they do check. Would you suggest like reaching out to all your references yeah, like well right. beforehand to make sure that they're ready for like I would. an email then? Yeah. Especially if it's been a while. And I think it's hard because like, a lot of activities might be like disjointed because of COVID. Like maybe you started something and then it like um, ended abruptly, or maybe it's not as frequent as you would like or something. So mm-hmm. I would reach out. I know it's hard because again, it's like 28 emails, but you can also try and think like, okay, like let's say you know one prof on campus, like maybe um, he can verify like three things for you or something like that. Like I wouldn't say that's a no no. Um, and then like it's less people to email. So, I have a question because you said you also did IB, right? Um, I know that for IB we have to do a certain amount of like volunteering and stuff like that as Mm -hmm. well. 
So for Dalhousie, when you were filling out that form, did you also include some of the years of volunteering that you did like before your undergrad, like maybe grade 12 or grade 11 as well? I know I had, I had at least one entry I can think about off the top of my head. I included more probably in that third year attempt because mm -hmm. like, I don't know, in, in fourth year, just like a lot of opportunities or, or in third year, a lot of opportunities came about that I felt more, more important that mm -hmm. I like wanted to share because like there is a limit on things you can include. Right. Um, I know I got like an award at graduation in grade 12, so I included that. Nice. I included my entry scholarship to Dal, um, which I feel, you know, it was like an IB scholarship. So, um, and I did do like stuff for CAS. So yeah. um, <laughs> I think I included it. I think I'm probably more for Ontario because there are more, there are more slots and they're less strict on like like DAL, it's like, I think it's seven entries per four categories. So there's four for employment, four for extracurriculars, four for volunteers, and then, f no, seven, sorry. Seven, <laughs> yeah, okay. seven, seven <laughs> entries for employment, yeah. seven entries for extracurriculars, seven for volunteering, and then seven for like achievements, research, awards, and other. So you can't, you know, if you leave one open, you can't like, use it somewhere else whereas in Ontario you can like um, they have more categories and like you could in theory you could leave one category completely empty and put like 24 entries in one which like I would not recommend but you know it's something that you could do so I did include some things and like honestly like I hate to say it but I do feel IB did benefit me so yeah. <laughs> it is what it is my parents were right <laughs> yeah I remember it, it felt like it was bad when we finished grade 12 because it was the year where they just took the exam off but oh, then like yeah. I, I, I see the benefit now yeah. after three years of having reaped the benefit of it <laughs> yeah. um, for the description parts mm -hmm. would you recommend doing like, just full sentences like paragraphs or I know there's like a word counter character count limit anyways mm -hmm. um, or is bullet points okay to try and get as much information as you can packed in I think what I did is I like I did very brief sentences okay Especially for Ontario, because Ontario, this character count is is like 120 or something, like Oof. really low. So I would be like, supported patience, and that was a sentence. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that was, that's just an example. But um, I think I was like, I was very, very concise. Like, no fluff. I think I used like an ampersand instead of an and everywhere. <laughs> like, um, with like a W slash sometimes, oh, if I was like really okay. grasping at straws. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it needs to be one or the other, but like I mentioned before, like, I feel like if you're using these like big, massive sentences, then like, you just make it, it sounds so fluffy and like, um, it can, you can risk sounding like too casual about it too. So I feel like when you're just so straight to the point, it's just like, it's almost mechanical. So they can't really deny it. Like she did all these like things, you know, mm -hmm. like, it's not like she's, being like poetic about it. So, <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I have a question about like so when you fill out like your work and volunteer stuff, they ask for the hours. And for Dow, there's an option to either put like hours per week or hours total. And I'm wondering why there's two options and like which is best or like if, if it even matters. Do you know? Yeah, um, I think that was something that I like struggled with too. Um, and it's a fair question. I think the reason why they do that is to like let you be flexible, especially for like some things that may not have a consistent hours per week. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if it's not a typical volunteer position or if it's a job, you work part-time in the year and then full-time in the summer or something. Right. Um, so what I did, my approach to that was like, if it was like a weekly volunteer position, like on Tuesdays I went to a clinic and like on Thursdays I went to the hospital. So like those I put three hours a week, I think. Mm -hmm. And then like anything that was even like slightly irregular, then I just like put the, the total number of hours um, yeah. that I had, especially like um, if there was like at the, the clinic position that I had, I like, I did it for like four months and then like hurt my foot and it was like, I got really stressed. So then I like dropped, like I, I asked for like a leave and then I like went back two months later. So to put like four hours a week or whatever, it just wouldn't have been accurate. And I couldn't really, I didn't have the count to explain that. So then I just did the total hours and okay. that was, I felt like a fair representation. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, for the dates, when they ask you, like, okay, how long were you involved? Because I had a friend who applied this past year, and they, like, 
were really like they had this position that they held in high school for some club mm-hmm. and they became like the president of that club from like grade 10 to grade 12 um and i know i think dallas is like you only include things grade 11 onwards something like that or like within the last something it was something like some year specific so they like were like they wanted to put that entry down but since they were involved in the club in grade nine they included it from when like they started do you know if, like if when dallas says they just included past this year it should only be that or does it does they not really care i think what he did was correct. Wait, that was correct? Yeah, okay. so my impression is is that it's anything that you've done either in the last five years yeah, or strictly either. from the beginning of undergrad, and that's probably more speaks to like people who are, you know, years mm-hmm. out, like they've, you know, they, they graduated their undergrad like years ago kind of thing. So for maybe the typical student who's, you know, the typical pre-med, let's say, um, now, I mean, you can include anything that you did do in grade 12, but I think Dal has a line, something like, you know, if it, you know, if it ended in these five years, you can put when it actually started. Oh. But like, I wouldn't say you've played soccer since you were four years old. <laughs> like, like maybe just something reasonable, you know. Right. Like, and I did put like soccer down for me, which like I did not do. Well, I did like intramurals in, in um, undergrad, like a little bit in first year, but like I did include that. Um, now that you're making me think about it, so I'm like, I got in, so like, obviously, and there's, um, what I feel like is like, people think really hard about, like, every single specific thing, and I just, I don't really feel like they're going to penalize you for including something that you shouldn't have, you know what I mean, like, obviously, if you're lying about something, and it's going to be obvious, then that's a different story, but if you put down, you played soccer from grade 9 to grade 12, and that's not important to them, they're just not going to look at it. For you, you may have another entry that's more valuable, that's a different story. Right. But my opinion is that, like, it's, it, it probably won't harm you. Gotcha. So. Um, in terms of, like, all the stuff, like, I feel like there's such, like, a, I don't know, like, this idea in, like, especially pre-med, it's like, oh, my gosh, like, you have to do all of these things. Like, you have to volunteer and do all these extracurriculars and get involved in research. Like, how important would you say that, like, all of these things that you did, like, how important was that, like, for your application? Like, how much was it worth even? And, like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's so hard because I think sometimes things come up that you don't know that they're gonna be so impactful to you like in your development as a person. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard, it's hard to know what to take on, it's hard to know like I'm doing too much versus not enough, things like that. And it's hard to know when you should be prioritizing school over your activities. And I think for me, you do have like three years basically, like if you're gonna apply to Dow, for example, they're going to give in your application on, I think it's September 1st of your fourth year. So you have three years to do whatever it is, plus anything you had from high school, to do whatever it is that you want to get done, you know? And so that doesn't mean you have to have all of those things all at once, all the time. If you want to play in a summer soccer league, just in the summer, when you're not doing as much other things, like, that's okay. Um, if you want to drop back on stuff, that's okay. I think, I like, you know, that's, I feel like, is, like, the, the number one question. Yeah. For me, like, I, I did mention before that, like, I did, like, test well. So, for me, like, the neuro courses, like, I just felt like they were built for me. Like, it was a good program. The way that we were tested, it was, like, a mix of memorization and application. The exams were fair. It was a great department. The teaching was really good. So I didn't really, like, I don't feel like I spent every single weekend, like, grinding on exams. Plus, a lot of the, the classes were built in such a way, like, 20% was quizzes or a presentation that pretty much everyone got a 90 or above on or something like that. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like I was trying to grind, like, you guys in, like, second year med sci or I don't know all your programs, but where it's, like, every, you have an exam every week and it's really hard and certain professors are screwing you over and it's like really hard (laughs) the emails I sent in second year (laughs) um but like I think you just have to do like what like makes you happy like I was studying for the MCAT I had that clinic position I was doing a bit of research like the summer after second year and then like I hurt my foot and I just like literally had a meltdown Mm -hmm. and then I like emailed the clinic and I was like I like just can't like I can't I really want to come back in September or something like that and they were like cool, like, it's fine, like, don't worry about it, 
and that's okay. It's like actually nothing matters. <laughs> so yeah. I think if you just do something that you're like passionate about, mm-hmm. that makes you happy, then that's the bottom line. Yeah. I think the thing is like don't let things become like don't let them become more more than what you bit off. Like for me with the Science Society, I loved being president, but my plan was to only be president in third year. But then like literally no one came for fourth year. So like how was the society supposed to like move forward? And we had like a really big budget and stuff. Like there had to be someone there. So I was like, okay, you know what? It's like, it's COVID. The meetings are online. Like it's fine. I'll just like keep going. But then, you know, other people on the exec had ideas about events they wanted to do and all those things. And it's like, I so support you, but like, I so don't want to be here on a Saturday. So it's like, it's hard, (laughs) right? Like, so I think it's just the kind of thing where you got to just do what you can and try not to overextend yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's like the bottom line, I guess. If I think the biggest thing is like, if you can do something that like you created, like that you say that you can, that you did, Mm -hmm. like you created a society or like you're, you have a position on a society or in a club or at a job, but you create, like, you came up with a certain idea and you, like, executed it, like, I think that should be your focus mm-hmm. rather than, like, like anyone can plan a gala. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. a lot of people are the social director and they plan a gala, and, like, that's great and that shows a lot of skills, but, like, literally so many people will have that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to have, like, event planning experiences, but it's, like, what motivated the event and what was the impact? Mm-hmm. You have to think about that. Mm-hmm. It's, like, to get dressed up and, like, like that's not you know it's just not as it's not as impactful as like thinking about like really what what is a community that's important to me and what do they like really need or what are they telling me that they need what are students saying that they need and how can I fill that gap based on the activities that I'm doing Mm -hmm. and then actually doing that instead of like you know doing a a big sale or something like that that is like you know gonna raise maybe like however much money like I think just being like really intentional with your time. And I don't mean to harp on people who are social directors or event planning or doing bake sales. Like, that's great. If that's, like, your thing, mm-hmm. like, that's great. And, like, have the best bake sale ever. Like, do it. <laughs> like, do the thing. Like, I will be there in the Cheb. But, like, just, like, you don't have to just, like, do all this stuff all the time just because you feel like you have to. Like, yeah. what's the point, you know? Yeah. And then you, you, then you don't do as well on an exam and your mental health sucks and everything sucks. Yeah. So it's just, like... Yeah, just do the things that are important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, like I did the peer mentorship program at the Science Society. That was like my big project. That's what I wanted to do. It was a lot of work to like recruit mentors, recruit mentees, match them up and do it. But then like the first year, I think we had like 100 students. And then the next year, we had like 200 students. And then I was like, okay, this is like actually doing something. And then I could say that like I created this program. The admin liked it. Things are good. People liked it. People got to learn how to mentor people. People mm-hmm. got to learn things so they can achieve their goals. And that was great. Mm-hmm. So, Excellent. better than, a, I don't know. <laughs> I can't bake, so. <laughs> did you find that in your like med school interview, did they ask you a lot about the extracurriculars on your application, or did they not look at those until after your interview? Um, my experience was that they don't really look at them. Um, it may be different now. Like, I know the Ottawa, like, panel interview I think they had like apparently your file like in front of them and they could ask you specific questions um but it's the kind of thing where you kind of want to use your experiences like evidence for your answer like right um I had this experience with a patient at the hospital or you know something like that like I just remember feeling like xyz so in this situation I would do this you know Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing um before we go on to the interview mm -hmm. you want to ask that question from the uh the instagram this one here Kind of already touched on it. Oh, yeah, we kind of already touched on this. But I think they're asking specifically for, like, neuro majors. Yeah, so the question from Instagram was, did you work before med school, like, in anything related to being a neuro major, and what opportunities exist if so? I guess, yeah, I guess specifically for neuro. Specifically for neuro. Um, I mean, I worked as a research assistant, yeah. um, which is probably the, the most obvious one. Um, there are a lot of startups now. I know there's, like, specifically, like, a neuro a neuro startup in Halifax. So that, I don't know the name off the top of my head, but they do like stroke rehab stuff or something like that. Hmm. So that's, that's an idea. Um, but 
Um, and then the only other things is I worked in like science communication. So I feel like neuro set me up well for that as well, especially because Dow has such a focus on teaching like that third year uh, experiential learning where you get to be the first year psych TA as like a class. Oh yeah. So that was like a really good experience to really learn like how do I actually like teach someone something? How do I make a slide? Yeah. Like you would be surprised. <laughs> like my profs, like they don't know how to make a slide. They don't. And that's okay. <laughs> They're trying. They didn't take the class. So yeah, exactly. yeah, that would do it. <laughs> um, okay, in terms of the interview, I guess we can talk about like DAL specifically, because I feel like a lot of people listening might be interested in DAL. Um, mm-hmm. So like how was the actual interview for you? Was yours in person or online because of COVID? I was online. Okay. And was it the similar format, like the MMI interview style? Like, yeah. How does that work? Yeah, it was uh, MMI, multiple mini interview. So I know it has changed a little bit. I think this year what they did is it was online, but it was like live with a person. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. had like eight minutes and there was time for follow-up questions that like the interviewer could choose to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did it, we had a shorter time limit. So they gave you the initial question on the screen. I think you had a minute or two minutes to formulate your answer, write down any notes that you wanted to. I think Dal allowed notes. And then like five minutes to like blurt it out. And then they would like end the time, a new screen with the follow-up question. And you had like no time to think about it. You just had to like give your answer in two minutes of the follow-up. So it was like recording you? There was no person there? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, a, it was asynchronous then. Basically. Yeah, asynchronous, yeah. I guess, yes. yes. It was a video recording? Like of yourself? Yep. Oh boy. Did you find that like, <laughs> oh, did you okay. like that better than if it would have hypothetically been in person or how did you find it? I honestly feel like Maybe I did better than I would have done in person. Like, I don't really, actually, I was gonna say I'm, I'm not really a nervous person. That's not true. I'm a really nervous person. <laughs> I'm like an extremely nervous person. So I feel like they would have picked up more on my body language and things like that, that like you literally couldn't see right. in the camera. Yeah. Um, plus, um, I kind of trained myself with the asynchronous interview. Like, okay, I'm turning on the camera. I had this like, I was going to say hello and give like a massive smile and I looked right at the camera the entire time like my eyes did not go anywhere else not on the screen maybe I glanced at my notes but like straight at the camera because then I couldn't really see myself like it was in my peripheral vision Mm -hmm. so I couldn't be like my hair or whatever and then um, if it was like a more somber kind of question or somber topic at least like I gave them that big smile that wouldn't really be appropriate based on the subject matter like later in the question because like I don't know you need to seem like personable right yeah. I'm serious this is like important like that was really important to me because I don't know you want to come across right. more no, yeah. right yeah. so um you can't it's kind of hard to do that in an asynchronous right. setting so I was like my name is Alex thanks for interviewing me or whatever and like massive smile and then I dive into the question and like maybe there would be the opportunity to show that warmth in other places but some of the topics were like pretty serious right. so right. it just wouldn't have been appropriate to like be like yeah and then like when the patient's mother died <laughs> with a big smile on like that's not appropriate so I have um, a quick question here did you have the opportunity to compare like the Dow interview process to any other like medical schools and like was there any differences that you found in that mm-hmm. um, I did have two other interviews um, they were they were pretty different experiences. Um, I guess I'll just share specifically Queens and Toronto were the other schools that I interviewed at. I didn't get in, but that's okay. <laughs> um, it only takes one. So at Queens, um, I would say the process was like pretty similar, but they have like a second interview, like a panel that was oh. at the time was live, um, and I had like tech issues, like really bad, which was like really. Um, stressful. I only got to talk to them for like two minutes of the seven or nine or whatever. So that was like really sucky. And like I did everything I needed to do. I didn't know what was wrong. And there were only two students who had tech issues. So I think it was like a a browser issue. Like I used the wrong browser or something, even though like they didn't say not to use a different browser. I don't know. So that was like, anyway, that's, that's in the past. But I found like the question style was like pretty similar, the topics, the length of the questions. Toronto, I found their questions were like shorter and more vague. Um, like I felt like Dow, they were like, the question had like a stem, the actual question, but then they would almost have like a follow-up question like in the question. 
and Toronto was just like short to the point and you you kind of had to think like what would their follow-up question be and then like address that I felt like like my my Toronto interview definitely wasn't as um I don't feel like it was as strong because I didn't really make that connection I just feel like I needed to go like deeper than like what the question said right. for Toronto because they weren't like leading you to what they wanted to hear as much as the other schools were. Mm-hmm. So I, don't remember, I actually don't remember what the initial question was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it was perfect. Yeah, that, that, okay. that was the okay. comparison. Of yeah. The oh yeah, okay. <laughs> so like in general, what kind of questions like across the board would you say that they're like asking you? Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta have a, like a formula down for like ethics scenarios um for how you're going to answer them like that's so fair game and there's actually like only so many unethical scenarios like they all boil down to the same thing like deception lying um you know people doing things like um uh maybe place times where your kind of social and ethical responsibilities change like your best friend um, like I think this was a practice question like your best friend's like really going through it at home with stuff so she's a like a, a born like Spanish speaker but she like fakes the Spanish entry uh, test to Dal like she does it like really poorly so that she'll be in like entry level Spanish even though she's like from a Spanish speaking place you know that that's something that's like that I was one of the ones I remember practicing with mm-hmm. um, so ethics for sure you need to have a, a concrete and strong answer about like why you want to go to medis- go into medicine mm-hmm. and what you need to address within that is why you don't want to be a nurse. <laughs> because if you're just talking about how you want to help pe- people or support them or give empathy, well, a nurse can do that and we need nurses and why not nursing? So I would just build that into your answer. Don't say like, I wouldn't want to be a nurse because, but just emphasize, like you could emphasize on the qualities or the role of a physician and how it differs from the role of a nurse in, a, in your explanation. And then I think just trying to have some really good, um, like just really thinking about like what were the like super impactful things that um, happened to me in my, you know, experiences that I did um, in my undergrad or leading up to this process, like what really, you know, resonated with me and like left an impact on me and then you can either draw on those for different types of questions or they're just in the back of your mind. I don't really find they ask like those typical interview questions as much, maybe more so on a panel, like what's your biggest weakness and things like that. Like you should probably have an answer for that, but ultimately like for Dow, I feel like they're just, those aren't really the top of the Mark. Would you say you have to be like on time? I think I've heard this somewhere. Is like be on top of current events, kind of going around, especially with like if it's the, like the school itself. Um, so I heard from like a med student this year. They were like, mm-hmm. "Oh, make sure you know about Dallas policy on like diversity, equity, and inclusion that's going around right now." Because um, you'd probably get asked, like, "Do you know if that's at all relevant?" I think I don't think you need to really be. I think that's the kind of thing where you could really get maybe bonus points if you're oh, okay. able to really bring in like really relevant stuff gotcha. um, but I think they want to make sure that their students are literate I think in a lot of social context and things like that you know like if you don't know like that the black community is spelled like with a capital B and like kind of basic things like mm-hmm. that or mm-hmm. you know like what indigenous people are like actually dealing with to the extent of what you can actually understand as someone who may or may not be part of that community or what people in rural communities are really dealing with. I think that's like what your um, focus should be. Um, At DAL, Tuesdays is pro-comp days, professional competencies. So we talk about, we, the way it works is we have a lecture and then we have a tutorial, which is like a small group discussion. And we really cover like all sorts of topics. we did like a form four week um, session on like uh, systemic racism and how that affects health. We've done I think now we're more talking about like um, MAID and things like that. We've talked about substitute uh, decision making. We've talked about um, what were some of the other really big ones? 
about like mammograms and screening and things like that. So those are just the kind of some topics you can think about. Um, obviously, if there's things in the news that are happening, great to be yeah. involved with. But I think um, if you can sort of just have your finger on the pulse, so to speak, that's always good. Mm -hmm. And just being familiar with be familiar with any terminology or current events that you could expect right. that you'd want to talk about, then that's good. Mm -hmm. That's that's as far as I would go. Cool. Yeah. Aside from like being on top of all of that kind of stuff, like did you do any additional things to prepare for the interview, like certain practice questions or books or resources, mm -hmm. like anything like that that you found helpful? Yeah. Um, I uh, really did find the um, Pre-Med Canada Reddit like useful. Um, I know it can be kind of a toxic community at times, <laughs> but I like I wasn't like super active on there or anything, but just like see what see, see what people were talking about. And people would make like interview prep groups there. So that could be great, especially if maybe your friend group like isn't as supportive or if they're like all also gunning for medicine, like that's kind of a difficult um, setting to be in sometimes because it's kind of like are they giving me feedback because like are they leading me astray or are they like leading me to success it's kind of hard to tell sometimes yeah. so like the I know the Med Sci Society does interview prep sessions as does the visit uh, visit student success center so both of those were really useful I found um, to do and like I just feel like you need to just like practice you need to practice so if you don't have either like the motivation or like the confidence to just like sit yourself down in your room and record yourself and watch it back, then you need to be doing it with another person um, and working on it. So if that's like your partner or another person who's applying, probably better to be with someone who's kind of in the, in the same thing as you because well, yeah. what I found is like, for example, like the Bissett Center, um, their sessions were awesome, but sometimes you'd be with like, I remember once I was with like a second year student and they were just so wowed by my answer, but like it's just because they didn't really know like mm -hmm. what was required to mm -hmm. really give the feedback. So um, they were just so impressed. They're like, wow, I can't even like believe what you said. It's like, I really appreciate that. But like realistically, <laughs> like my, my answer could have improved in several ways, mm -hmm. but they just couldn't really pick up on the nuances because they weren't like in the trenches with me yeah. on what was going on right. with interview prep and all these things. So yeah. um, that's, that's, that was the main thing that I did. Maybe we'll post like articles and things like that. That would be helpful. And cool. Sweet. Do you guys have any other questions on the interview or anything like that? I think I'm good. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of like currently being in med school, how are you finding it now? Um, like after getting in, how has it been? How has it compared to undergrad and everything like that? Mm -hmm. Didn't live up to your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Was it worth it? All the work. <laughs> that's a that's a good question. Um, I actually feel like med school is easier than um, undergrad. <laughs> okay. Like Lord. significantly. Wow. Easier. Because, I don't know, in undergrad, it's just like the, the, the hustle is like constant. Yeah. And I mean, like, the hustle is present, but it's, it's just different. Like, mm -hmm. for example, like, especially like med one to undergrad, like, I just feel like it was, it, it was just easier for me because, like, I just found like I had jobs, I had societies, I had all these things that I was doing in undergrad that were um, consuming my time. You know, I had a boyfriend, I was living at home. Uh, I had family responsibilities, and then like when I got to med school, like I moved out, um, so all those like responsibilities were just different, and I was closer to the school. I didn't have that like time to get there, and like all this stuff. Um, but uh, we'll have like you know like my neuro block for med two. I think it was twelve weeks long, and so there's like one exam at the end. So it's not like you have a midterm every day or all these little quizzes that count or all these things. It's like, it's pass-fail and that's the bottom line. Yeah, so yeah. you need to get, um, they what they do is the class writes the exam, they set the class average to an 80 and then your mark is scaled accordingly. So like say you got a, uh, say you actually got an 80 then like it, you're, you got right on the class average which maybe was a 70 they'll scale you up to an 80 and then everyone else their mark is scaled mm -hmm. to follow suit um, and um, it's been uh, it's just different because it's like more content and probably the exams are just like challenging like probably less fair than 
undergrad, but because it's just pass fail, it's like lower stakes where it's like, you know, like there's an A plus and an A, like it doesn't matter at the end of the day, mm -hmm. especially like an A to an A minus where that's like a bigger drop GPA wise. So um, and you're less about the fine details, but then again, um, we have like clinical skills where we have to talk to patients or talk to our preceptors who are physicians and like, you know, take a manual blood pressure in front of them, which is like just not something that um, was like happening for me in undergrad. Like undergrads like study at home, write the exam. No one's like watching you, but mm -hmm. it's different now. Mm -hmm. So um, it's going pretty well. Um, I am also planning my wedding right now, so oh, it's just like, that's that's yeah. I was going to say it's beautiful, by the way. So, thank Congratulations. You. So it's like exciting, but it's just like, it's just stressful, mm -hmm. so, um, and then it's like a little, it's honestly like a bit of a bad distraction, even like this, <laughs> like I have an exam on Friday, and like I was like looking at napkins yesterday, <laughs> what am I doing, what am I doing, like I need to learn about the lungs, so like, come on, um, and, um, you just gotta grind like it's it's just different like I, I I really can't even explain it the expectations are different and um, you don't really have homework you don't have like essays it's just different mm -hmm. I I enjoy it but it comes with a whole other host of problems like yeah. you know what is clerkship gonna be like mm -hmm. you know we had to pick our our um, order of the blocks for clerkship like in October of or in November of um, second year. It's like, I don't even know what I wanna do. Like, how do I pick what to put first? Like, do I wanna put internal medicine first because I wanna get exposure to it? But if I put it first, I'm gonna suck. So then am I making a good impression? So right. there's just different things to th be thinking about. Mm -hmm. It's just so much more focused, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not doing, I'm not president of anything. Before I was president of a lot of things. And mm -hmm. like, I just really stepped back from all the other yeah. activities and things and that's been like nice for me yeah. so you don't feel like you need to like give 110 percent all the time yeah. which is what i was doing in undergrad mm -hmm. so i really took a break that's good Perfect. so then you don't feel the pressure to do any of that kind of like extra stuff like you just kind of just med school like or is there anything else that they kind of like suggest that you still do to like prep for like residency and stuff like that like do you find any of that yet or no i mean like it's kind of nice because dal i feel like in a way like build builds it in mm -hmm. so like um there's still an emphasis on research like that's still yeah. important but now it's like medical research clinical research mm -hmm. um but dal like to graduate you need to do the research and medicine project so it's like you can't really get through dal without having a project to put on your residency application mm -hmm. but else if you finish it early enough it's probably pretty easy to publish um, oh, okay. before um it's time so you can do you know anything under the sun if you still like basic science research you can do that but like you know cells and stuff it takes a long time to get mm -hmm. to where you want to oh, yeah. be yep. um i'm just doing like a little survey project and that's what i'm going to do it's been taking a long time because the ethics applications are really long but um and i like research so mm -hmm. i was always gonna like have that anyways but like i have like a, i'm on a committee and we have I'm doing some acti like one activity that's similar to something I did in my undergrad is like Everest Day. So we go to the schools and do like a healthy living activity day with the kids. Mm -hmm. And like that's it. Whereas like before that would like I'd be doing a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. Like my yeah. my I wouldn't even say those are even really a monthly commitment mm -hmm. of hours. So could be doing more probably, but I just like so don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I just like there's just I just can't. Yeah. I just can't. And that's okay. <laughs> So that relates kind of to a question that we got on the Instagram, like, are you worried about burnout in med school? But I guess you said you're kind of doing, you're chilling. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a concern that I have. Mm -hmm. I've been talking to my fiance a lot about this. It's just like this feeling like I don't know how, like to think about specialty, like, mm -hmm. I don't know if I have like five years in me right. kind of thing, but that may change. Mm -hmm. um, right now it's very much like, I'm with these hundred students all the time, and I have these preceptors who I don't get to pick. I have to do the activities and follow their way of doing things. Um, I don't know. Uh, there are like things that I enjoy and things that I don't enjoy as much, and I'm curious to see if in clerkship that those things will change. Um, 
so it's kind of hard because like it's like oh I could just you know I could become a family doctor it'd be a two-year program and that would be great but there are also a lot of cons to becoming a family doctor mm -hmm. so it's kind of like do I do five years and like avoid some of those cons or do I do two years and avoid the cons of like mm -hmm. giving five years to residency and working yep. like 80 hours a week right so um, that's what I'm sort of wrestling with right now yeah. um, I think you have to have the, the end goal in sight I would say I'm probably like at a lower point right now with how I'm like like handling things yeah just where we had like neuro was a 12-week block metabolism a was I don't even know how many weeks and that was really hard it was like cardio and ne nephrology like the kidneys are very complicated mm -hmm. and then we just had a four-week block for respirology and the two exams are this week so it's mm -hmm. just like been a little bit much mm -hmm. recently on top of the other things that we do so um, but I'm trying to keep the eye on the prize, yeah. and um, I'm hoping clerkship will be good, and like the plan is just to live in scrubs. And um, I have my scrub like outfits like down. Like I, like I have my underlayers. I know how I do my hair to put my thing in the cap. I have my nice. shoes. So like I just feel like I'm ready in that sense. Like I know where the machines are in all the hospitals. Nice. So I feel like I'm gearing up for that, but. Um, you know, the class community is like honestly like amazing. So if you find your people, mm -hmm. and there's just like they have a climbing club and like <laughs> um, there's a run club and people are going out all the time and like just going skiing or you know just living their lives. You know, and mm -hmm. so I feel like you can find your place and just like keep up with the things that you really like to do. Mm -hmm. That's great. Like we're not in class nine to five every day. Like not even close. Yes. So um, people will probably be surprised by that, yeah. and it's really nice. Like. This week, we finished our tutorials um, early. So like Monday, I have two lectures, which are recorded. I don't need to go live at school, and I can just watch them after they're done if I want to. Tuesday, I have tutorial. Wednesday, I have clinical skills just in the morning. Thursday and Friday, we have an exam, but nothing else. Mm -hmm. That day, last week, same other thing. So like most days are actually half days. So it's pretty nice um, in terms of what you're able to like fit in and stuff. So Awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess we will finish off the, well actually we have two questions. Yeah. Del Marine Bio asked, what's yeah. your favorite shark? <laughs> I mean, you mentioned Marine, but you were interested. I feel like you're exposing me. <laughs> um, oh, gosh, I don't know, I can't even think. Like, I can't say great white shark, because like, yeah, like, um, I don't know. Uh, like a, a give, give me a good hammerhead shark. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good, a good one. one. Good yeah, one. yeah. And then finally, we're just asking if you have like any piece of advice you would give to undergrad students. Like, what would be the one thing that you would say? I'd say it's just not that deep. <laughs> okay. Like, it's like guys, like I did really bad, in, like really bad in calculus. I did really bad in OCHEM, and I was like, my GPA is destroyed. My career is destroyed. Even if I can recover my GPA, which in the end was like fine, they're gonna see my mark and be like, "You're doo doo," <laughs> and <laughs> and it's it's not the case. Like I literally got an interview at Toronto, which like I don't know, I feel like is a pretty good accomplishment oh, yeah. with like literally a bad, like I barely passed the final. And if you know OCHEM, you have to pass the final to pass the class. Like literally eight percent. Okay, no, I got a 58, so, <laughs> like, literally, it was so bad, and I was like, oh my god, like, but, like, I don't even think about that anymore, like, yeah. I don't even think about, I, it's just in the past, like, yeah. it's just, it's over, and even, like, things have happened, happened in Med 1 that I was like, oh my god, like, one time, we had a patient, and I, like, took the, um, the blood pressure cuff, and then all the equipment fell on the patient as they were laying on the bed. Like the ophthalmoscope and the ear thing, the otoscope, and like everything fell and hit them. And they were already had chronic pain, so I was like, oh my god. But it's like, it just, you just roll it, like it's yeah. just fine. Like, I look back and I'm like, it's fine. Like, that patient doesn't think about that. Yeah, true. You know, yeah. like, they don't remember that. Like, yeah. maybe they do, and they laugh. And that's okay, because yeah. I made them laugh. Yeah. So I would just say, like, like, Obviously, I just feel like every single thing feels so hard and so bad, and everything is awful. But, like, in the end, it's actually going to be okay. And, like, if you don't get in the first time, then you have a year to literally work on yourself, work on your application, and, like, take a bit of a break. Yeah. And then return 
and try again. And honestly, like, I got in, I guess, right away, or like, you know, yeah. immediately after undergrad, which I am really grateful for, because I feel like, you know, I want to have kids and all this stuff. But like, there are people in my class who have like, complete careers, and I look up to them so much. Mm -hmm. So if that's, if that's you, if that's going to be you, whether you want it to be or not, you have time to mature, grow your own confidence in yourself and stuff before you take on this like new endeavor, which like I really feel like I would have actually benefited from. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I don't have, didn't, didn't have that choice made for me, but looking back, like a real break maybe would have been a good choice. Mm -hmm. So I just try to have a good attitude about it and um, do honors. Yes. <laughs> and yes. Um, just keep on, keep it on. And wow. it's just not that deep, so. Awesome. Thank that so is amazing Alex. advice. No this was a really great episode. Thank you so much no for coming problem. on. Yeah. And uh, just the forms. Yeah, uh, guys, check out the link in our bio. Fill in the forms. Let us know any of your hidden curriculum or ask us any questions you have. And we will see you on the next podcast. Bye. See you. Bye.